0: Um, This morning, we're finishing the series we started a few weeks ago called Simple Christmas. And I was thinking about how sometimes we build Christmas up into this thing that really, it can only let us down because we have these expectations. And so I was thinking about, you know, the the kind of things that let us down. Have you ever seen a football game with no touchdowns? Right? Just kind of like, eh... Not really good, is it? They just fill gold each other to death. It's not fun. It's maybe a safety. Boy, that's exciting. Safety. Anybody remember Michael Jordan's second comeback? Yeah, That was a letdown. <laughs> you were there. And I'm a Jordan fan. Some of you won't remember this. You're not old enough to remember it. You maybe weren't born yet. But in 1990, the Buffalo Bills made it to the Super Bowl. Finally made it to the Super Bowl. That, that's That's a big deal. There's only two teams that are going to make it. And only one from their side of the NFL. And they finally made it and they lost, which was a letdown. But the next year, 1991, they made it again. And lost. But that's okay because 1992, they made it again. And lost. But that's all right Because the fourth year in a row, the Buffalo Bills made it to the Super Bowl. You know what happened? They lost again. Yes, they lost. That's right. And they have not been back to the playoffs. I think one other time in all those years have they even made the playoffs as a wild card team. Talking about a letdown. I'll give you another letdown. Rocky 5. It's a letdown, right? You ever seen a great, gigantic rocket that takes off a firework and it doesn't explode? Kind of boring, isn't it? How about this? Political promises. Oh, yeah. Pre packaged sandwiches. It just never is as good as it looks, is it? I don't know what happens to it when it sits in there, but it gets creepy. You open it, it's creepy. Anything that's free. Total letdown. And I don't know how it can possibly be a letdown. What did you expect? It was free, right? Do you remember, some of you, again, won't remember this because you, you weren't born yet, but I can remember as a young kid, I, I might have been 12, I don't remember the exact year, but there was this two-hour special that was coming on television, and Geraldo, you know Geraldo, Rivera, was going to open Jimmy Hoffa, if you don't know who he is, we don't have time to explain it, Jimmy Hoffa's vault, remember that? And, and this is back in the day when you watch commercials. Anybody remember that? See, i want to tell all the younger people. There's this thing they used to have called commercials. You had to sit through them all. There's no fast forward and nothing. It's only about three stations anyway, which blows your mind. And we're sitting there watching, and then he would talk about it, and then they would go to commercial. And then he'd come back, and he'd talk about it, and they'd go to commercial. Then he'd go a little bit in the doorway, then they'd go to commercial. Then they'd show the front door of the vault, then they'd go to commercial. And this went on for two hours. And at the very end, one hour and like 59 minutes into that stupid thing, he opens the door and there's nothing in there. You remember that? i remember that. There's nothing in there. Now, to his credit, he was actually an honest journalist. He really didn't know what was in there or he wouldn't have done a two-hour special on it, right? Because there's nothing in there. How about Christmas lights that don't work? That's a letdown. Or, 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 or. Christmas decorations of any kind in February. Uh, just gives you the mmm. Gives you that face, right? Well, maybe you've heard this before. Uh, this is the four stages of a man's life, which is uh, kind of a letdown if you think about it. Uh, stage one: uh, a man is born and believes in Santa Claus. Stage two: he doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Stage three: he is Santa Claus. Stage four, he looks like Santa Claus. (laughs) Now that's kind of a letdown, isn't it? Yeah, sure it is. Well, there's plenty of things in life that will let you down. William Shakespeare said, expectation is the root of all heartache. Some people would say the way to protect yourself against disappointment is to expect less. I'm going to actually suggest to you this Christmas that you do the opposite of that and you expect more. In our Simple Christmas series, we've been talking about how to celebrate Christmas more authentically by um, simplifying it. So we said this the first week, do less, worship more, spend less, give more. Last week, fear less, love more. Today I want to say to you, doubt less, expect more. In a little over a week, it's all going to be over. All the cooking and decorating and wrapping and shopping and planning and for some, it'll be over in a matter of absolute minutes. As soon as there's no gifts to open or the Christmas ham is gone, it'll be over like a vapor. And where did, that, where did that air go? Where did that feeling, that expectation go, the air that carries that special feeling of Christmas? You know, there's a goodness that kind of fills this time of year. We, Whether we know it or not, we expect people to be kinder and more generous And more gentle we just expect life to be a little bit easier on us But in a few weeks we're going to look back and those feelings will have lifted because normal life will have set back in And the question we might ask is did we really expect there to be peace on earth? Did we really expect a material gift to bring us lasting happiness? Did we really expect Christmas to deliver year-round in a flash? It's over But we really don't expect Christmas to last forever do we? A fourth grader was being lectured for not finishing his math homework the night before, and finally he couldn't take it anymore, and he blurted out, I'm not an underachiever. You're an overexpecter. <laughs> How many of you feel like that sometimes? <laughs> Life just kind of overexpects from you, doesn't it? Well, this idea of misplaced expectations isn't new. Five hundred years. Before Jesus came to earth, the Jewish people were filled with expectation that Jesus was going to show up and set them free from this cycle of slavery and captivity and freedom and slavery and captivity and freedom. They had been oppressed by the Babylonians, listen to this, and then the Persians, and then the Greeks, and then the Syrians, and then the Romans, Nations were just taking turns abusing the Jews for centuries. And they were told that a great champion was coming, a king of Israel that would be like no other. And uh, there was a special word referred to this long-awaited ruler. That word was Messiah, which means anointed one, specially chosen one. Messiah is the same word you read in the Bible when you read the word Christ. And when he, this Christ, came, he would do amazing things. So the expectation was so high. It's Mm -hmm. difficult for you and I to understand the intense feelings of expectation that the Jewish community had for the coming of the Messiah. How many of you have seen the movie Castaway? Remember this Tom Hanks movie? Um, Maybe you'll recognize this picture then, Castaway. Do you remember this this broke down guy? Did you you see the little volleyball? Anybody remember the volleyball's name? Yeah, not, right, Wilson, not Spalding, Wilson, got it honestly. But if you remember, there's this scene in the movie, Tom Hanks is um, shipwrecked on this island. There's, it's uninhabited, he can barely survive. There's nobody on it. He can't get away. He can't get off the island. And he befriends this volleyball that he talks to. But he also happens to have a picture of his fiance with him. And he pulls the picture out and he looks at it every day. Because the picture gives him hope. And he keeps thinking, one day I'll get off this island and I'll see her again. And that movie paints such a dramatic picture of what it feels like to hope, to expect, to look forward to the future of something improving in your life. But he had no guarantees. Now I'll let you finish the movie if you haven't seen it and see what happens. But the Jews had been given a promise... They did have a guarantee. Centuries earlier, fathers would gather their children around fires and they would tell them about the Messiah that's one day coming. Who knows? In a little, a little bright eyes, seven, eight, nine year old. It could be in your lifetime. You could be the generation that the. And so for centuries, this tradition had gone on and the expectation had been kept alive across hundreds and hundreds of years. So among the Jewish community, expectancy for deliverance ran high. And in time, God's promise was fulfilled, but he didn't show up in a big grand fashion like you might expect. We talked last week about this. He showed up in a a stable where you keep animals. He first announced it to uh, shepherds who would have been some of the lowest class of people in that time period. And around 30 years later, this uh, baby was born, and Bethlehem was now fully grown up, and began to do miracles in towns and villages, and expectations began to surface. And every time a miracle was performed, expectations soared higher and higher. And after seeing Jesus heal the sick and feed thousands of people, many thought that the solution to all their issues had finally arrived. He would solve their poverty problems and the oppression of the Roman government, and Maybe the promised Messiah was finally here. Jesus, they thought, would finally drive out the Romans who they hated so much and reestablish God's kingdom in Israel. But here's the thing. Jesus wasn't a political leader, and he wasn't a military leader. He wasn't performing to expectations. Now, that's a good thought. Maybe in some way, God has not performed to your expectations and it's caused a gap a frustration a misunderstanding so uh, there's this guy in scripture that was the most uh, I don't want to say most trusted but maybe one of the most trustworthy prophets uh, that that was around in Jesus time he was named John the Baptist and uh, he got really confused Uh, he was faithful He he was sacrificial. He was the real deal, but he got confused. That's encouraging to me, because it reminds me that you can have an authentic and a real faith and still get confused, and still struggle with doubt sometimes. And so John the Baptist got confused because he was so sure that Jesus was the one that they'd been waiting on, but now he started to become over overcome with doubt because John the Baptist had been put in prison for being so authentic, for being such a good Christian. And things weren't starting to look so well. So he's thinking to himself, come on, Jesus. We've had all this buildup. Is this all we get? I thought you were going to be a great ruler. I thought you were going to be king. I thought you were going to bring back Israel's independence and prosperity. Prosperity wasn't exactly filling his life. He lived in the desert and ate locust and honey. And now he's stuck in a Roman prison and that he thought the Roman government would be overthrown. And this was supposed to be our big year What a letdown. So far the Messiah hadn't lived up to even John's expectations. And now he's full of doubt. So this special feeling in the air had gone flat. There was no expectation left. So John sent a message to Jesus and here's what he asked. Time out. <laughs> This isn't going the way I expected, so I've got a question. Are you the Messiah? Like, are you the real one? Are you the one we've been waiting on? Are you the one we've been telling our children about for centuries? Or should we look for somebody else? Now, I want to read to you in Matthew 11, Jesus' answer to John. Here's how Jesus answered with with no pretext. Jesus replied, verse 5. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. So what, what, what do you hear and what have you seen? Not what I tell you. What have you heard and what have you seen? The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who, those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Go back and tell John that. A letdown? No, no, this wasn't a letdown. This is exactly what God had promised 500 years earlier. So much so, Jesus is actually quoting from a chapter in the book of Isaiah where we get three beautiful pictures of what the work, the work that the Messiah would do. It says this, that he would exchange a crown of beauty for ashes. For those whose lives had been decimated and broken and hurt, He would exchange. He would build. He would do something. He would give a crown of beauty for those ashes. Another word picture is the oil of gladness for mourning. Those who were mourning and grieving and sad and hurt, He would bring the oil of gladness and pour it into their souls and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Those that were depressed, those that were discouraged, those that were overwhelmed, he would trade their clothes out. They've had clothes of, of mourning. They've had clothes of depression and despair, and he would give them garments of praise. These, this is the chapter Jesus is quoting from. And these are incredible images because they show that Jesus will replace hurt with healing. And it shows that these are the kind of things that only God can do. Military can't do that. And government can't do that. And it still can't do that. But Jesus can do that. Jesus can still do it. I bet most of us have expectations about Christmas that we're totally unaware of. We probably don't even know they're there. Will Christmas be everything you want it to be? You know, when you um, are working with a couple that's going to get married, if you can ever get each person in the relationship, the husband and wife, fiancés, If you can ever bring them to a point that they can become aware of their own hidden expectations. Because everybody's got expectations about what the marriage is going to be. And oftentimes, we don't even know what they are until they're not met. And then there's frustration. And then we say, but I thought you would... Well, you never said that. I didn't know I thought it. So you didn't do it. And now I know. <laughs> we don't even know our own expectations. But if you can enter into something as important as marriage. And have expectations that you don't know are there. Until they're not met. I wonder if you might have expectations about God. Or about Jesus. Or about Christianity. Or about Christmas. That you don't know are there until they're not met. And I wonder this year if you might have some anticipation or hope or expectation. Will Christmas deliver on all the hype? Well, maybe we're expecting too much out of Christmas and not enough out of Jesus. See, Christmas can't free us from addictions, diseases, guilt, Bondage of our own failure. Christmas can't heal our hearts or our relationship with Jesus. Usually we expect too much out of life, said another way, and not enough out of Jesus. But Christmas is a great time to think about this because Christmas does remind us that God does miracles. Well, let's think about it for a minute. Far as I know, there's only ever been one virgin that had a baby. That's a miracle. That's a legitimate miracle. God, who is an unlimited supreme being, became a baby. That's a miracle, right? And for the last 2,000 years, God has been saving people in every nation and in every language all over the earth. That's a miracle, For the last two weekends, over 100 people prayed to receive Christ at Scrooge. That's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's not just because we decided to do something. It's an act of God. Now, we're not too sophisticated or educated or technologically advanced that we don't still need miracles. I'm grateful today we have a God that still does miracles. Matthew 19, 26. And as we read this, I want to ask the worship team to come. Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I I was thinking about today. Do you believe that? Do you believe everything's possible with God? As I was praying about service today and and our and our prayer time, I I I had this clear thought about what you and I how you and I could respond to Christmas and Jesus' gift of miracles at Christmas and our, our expectations and all of that. You and I don't have to hype anything up. We don't have to drum something up. We we, we don't have to. You and I aren't responsible for miracles. As far as I know, I didn't know. I can't do any. As far as I know, you can't do any. You don't. You don't have to hype or perform or. Matter of fact, the Christmas story reminds me that miracles, if they're anything, they're the opposite of that. There's no hype in a manger, cattle trough. There's no hype in a field where shepherds are out there wandering around, bumping into each other, and angel and angel appears and light shines. Matter of fact, God comes and does miracles. Usually in ways we don't expect. Oftentimes at times we don't expect. So maybe you think, well this isn't the right Sunday or, or, or we don't have any buildup or th- it's rainy outside or there's people that didn't come today or, or whatever. And God says, well, "What are you expecting? This is the God that shows up in the barn where the animals live. He doesn't need an introduction. He doesn't need hype. He doesn't need a build-up. He doesn't need drama. He doesn't need—he doesn't need you and I to perform. He just needs you and I to ask. Isn't that our role? Just ask. So today, as we pray. I'm grateful we have a God who invites us to ask. What if I ask and nothing happens? What if you ask and something does? What about that? What are you going to do with that? Well, the mood's not right, the song's not right, whatever's not right. How would you not even know? most of the stuff i read in scripture didn't look right but it happened i want to ask you to stand with me i want to ask our prayer team to come we've we've ended a little early this morning because i want to i want to allow some space for us to ask god for a miracle would you close your eyes with me and just kind of shut in for a minute You may say, you know, a miracle, that's um, that's a big thing. And your first reaction may say, you know, we're good, we're good, we're good. I don't need a miracle. Let me word it differently. Is there anything in your life that you need to happen that only God can do? Well, that would be a miracle. Maybe there's a diagnosis you just received sickness maybe maybe um there's healing maybe there's an addiction in your life you just can't conquer and you've lived with it for so long you've accepted it will never change and there's a God today who invites you to ask for a miracle you don't have to do anything you don't have to be hyper you don't have to you don't have to be a super Christian all you have to do is ask Maybe today you're fighting depression. God just wants you to ask. Maybe you're discouraged, overwhelmed. There's an unmet need. There's a relationship. There's a place that you're stuck. Maybe you need a job. And you just need God's help. That's all. This morning, I'm just going to ask you to doubt less and expect more. You want a simple Christmas? This is as simple as it gets. Just turn to a God who's a good Father who loves you and who will work supernaturally in your life. Just give His presence a chance to fill this moment with nobody looking around. Today, if you say, I just need God's help. Something in my life I need God's help on. Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me. That's me. I need God's help. I just need His help. There's a place. Come on, there's a place. I need God's help. Come on, no pride. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything weird. You're just going to ask God today. That's it. I'm going to ask God. I'm going to ask Him about this sickness. I'm going to ask Him. I'm going to ask Him to do something. I'm going to ask Him. Maybe you have a child that's not saved. Maybe you have a relative that's not a believer a spouse boy I know that journey I know the journey in my own family with my and my dad I understand that struggle year in and year out you get discouraged but today the Lord invites you to ask him again and the boy wouldn't that be a miracle wouldn't that be a miracle this morning as we begin to sing if you have a need I want you to just come to the prayer team and say Would you just pray with me? You don't have to tell anything you don't want to tell. You say, I need this. I need something broken off my family or my life. I need need a breakthrough. I need something to change. I need a touch in my body. I want you to come and ask. That's all you have to do. You don't have any other responsibility but to ask. So as the worship team begins to lead, would you come right now and just ask?